Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the you can't you i don't go to a garbage can go oh it smells that that big plate of fish guts or whatever look and remind me of the big giant plate of potatoes and stuff that sloth eats in the goons <laughs> keep your flour away okay. from the stove stop making highly bread. combustible because <laughs> i don't want i don't want those people coming at me all your obsessive four <laughs> questions to butler. hi i'm mike butler and i'm mike field and we've returned from the graveyard of podcasts to bring you a five episode block of shows as you now enter forgotten horror part five a new beginning. Did I overdo it there? I overdid it there. Each episode, we discuss a film that for a variety of reasons was forgotten by audiences. Maybe they were being attacked by a creature or chased down by a headless horseman while walking home from a pub. Or perhaps the movie didn't catch on with the audience in its initial run because they were pod people. <laughs> we'll discuss what we love about the movie or maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. You never know. You might find your own forgotten gem. If you survived the Silver Shamrock mask promotion, we want to hear from you. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Like, share, and subscribe. Our podcast is available on all platforms for your listening displeasure. What's up? Nothing. As you can see, I have joined the Blue Ribbons. The Green Ribbons. The Green Ribbons. <laughs> As I my Letterman jacket from 1993 still fits. Has a smell. It smells like an old jacket from 1993. <laughs> it just needs to be cleaned. And I'll be wearing this out in the town. I'll be like, hey, that's the guy from that. I, you know what? When I wear this, I know I'm wearing this for the movie we're doing. I am going to take it off soon. <laughs> but it reminds me of the needful things where the guy's wearing the jacket and he skins the dog. Oh, yeah. And he's, he's like the bum, the drunk. That's like, I don't want to wear this. It's ninth through quarterback. And I did not play basketball. But um, yeah, so I'm taking this off now. It's hot. <laughs> <laughs> It's done. The shtick is over. The shtick is oh over. Oh my God, I'm sweating. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> Holy cow, I'm sweating. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on, Butler. I'm getting to it. Put it around the, put it around the chair. Relax, relax. All right. Here All we right. Go. Now that that's over. <laughs> so, Field? Yes. Now that your jacket debacle is over. Whew. What are we talking about? Today? Well, if you knew my reference before, you would have known that we're doing the 1998 film Disturbing Behavior. Steve Clark is a newcomer in the town of Cradle Bay, and he quickly realizes that there's something odd about his high school classmates. The clique, known as the Blue Ribbons, are the eerie embodiment of academic excellence and clean living. But like the rest of the town, they're a little too perfect. When Steve's rebellious friend Gavin mysteriously joins their ranks, Steve searches for the truth with fellow misfit Rachel. Eh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a that's summary. The, that. <laughs> That's the movie. <laughs> All right. 
Disturbing Behavior has a runtime of 84 minutes, and we'll get into that because there are multiple runtimes of multiple versions that are out there. <laughs> Rated R, production budget of $15 million, came out on July 24th, 1998. Side note, Butler, I think I've mentioned this before in the podcast. So I'm going to bring it up again. This was one of my more, more memorable movie-going experiences because I watched this film in New York City when I was at the NYFA for a couple months in the summer of 98. Ooh. Me and my buddy Adrian were there to basically learn filmmaking but what we learned was that we already knew how to make a film so but anyways it was as my college professor for film told me when i was having trouble double majoring you don't need a degree to be a bum there you go that's exactly what he told me and then later on he tried to retract that he's like i I must have been drunk or grouchy when i said that i go well you said it (laughs) nice nice but anyways look my story interrupted my story there we go um (laughs) oh that wasn't why it was memorable no it was memorable because it was a packed house and people were like all into it. It was like, it was just like, it was just fun. It was a fun time. I always remember that time. What? We're going to be talking about two very different movies. I think. We'll Whatever. Get over yourself. Opening weekend did $7 million. I obviously was one of the uh, <laughs> domestic and worldwide are the same. I don't think this got an international release was $17.5 million. So this production budget doesn't have the advertising budget, which I doubt they had a lot of advertising for him. Or maybe they did because I think that was part of the problem. Uh, so I don't think this movie was. It might be in the black now after DVD well, sales. After DVD and rentals, yeah. I yeah. mean, this is definitely a rent it kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Production company was MGM Village Roadshow Pictures and Beacon Pictures, distributed by MGM US in the United States, excuse me, and Columbia Pictures internationally. But it didn't do any business internationally, so or we don't have those numbers mm. either way. Told you it came out on the 24th of July, a Friday. It went up against in a wide release a little movie called Saving Private Ryan. So never heard of it. Exactly right. Who is this, Ryan? Did he earn it? Also, Mafia, in a limited release, Lolita, and Billy's Hollywood Screen Kiss. The week after the 31st, you had a wide release of The Negotiator. A movie we did. Exactly. The Parent Trap. The Lindsay, Lindsay Lohan, Lohan one, the remake. Yep. Basketball and Ever After, a Cinderella story, and a limited release of The Governess and Full Tilt Boogie. The week before the 17th, you had a wide release of The Mask of Zorro. Another another film we did. We did. Why do we do the mask and not the Legend of Zorro? I can't remember because the Legend of Zorro is a sequel. It's not as right. Right. You're right. (laughs) It's not as good. All right. And a limited (laughs) release of Polish Wedding, and then the Wednesday before that, the 15th. So I'm going to count this since this is a really big film. Is there something about Mary? So that's another big film that came out this 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 summer. So that's what you're going to get. Summer. It's the late 90s. I don't know if that film was expected to be so big and popular. I don't think so. Yeah. It's there. I, I would. I would venture a guess that it's the Fairley Brothers' biggest film. It's definitely their most well-known yeah, film, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Okay. This movie was directed by David Nutter. Uh, we are big fans of David Nutter because he did TV show The X-Files. That's right. He also did the TV show, some episodes for Entourage and Game of Thrones more recently. Written by Scott Rosenberg, who had, uh, had written Beautiful Girls, which is a movie that we did on The Forgotten Cinema. Mm-hmm. High Fidelity and Venom. Cinematography was John S. Bartley, who was on Eight-Legged Freaks, Wrong Turn, Hypnotic, the recent one, the Robert Rodriguez film, and the TV show Bates Motel. Composer was Mark Snow, who's also done uh, X-Files. He actually did yep. the theme. Uh, Smallville and Blue Bloods. Those are both TV shows, obviously. Edited by Randy John Morgan, who's done Cagney and Lacey, so he's been around. Uh, TV show China Beach, the TV show ER, and he was an assistant editor all the way back on the movie 1941, a movie that... Ooh. Spielberg wants to forget, but I still love. <laughs> Produced by Armin Bernstein and John Shestack. 
Bernstein has done the TV show Castle, The Road to Wellville, and Air Force One, Get Off My Plane. And then John Shestack <laughs> has done Ghosts of Girlfriends Past, Dan in Real Life, and The Last Seduction. And yes, a movie we did in our show way back when. Yeah. James Marsden as Steve Clark. He's obviously Cyclops in the X-Men series. He's in the movie Hairspray, The D-Train. That's another movie we did. And the Sonic the Hedgehog series. I think three is coming out soon. Katie Holmes plays Rachel Wagner. She's in Go. Another movie we did. The Gift. <laughs> we probably have to stop doing that. Pieces of April. Batman Begins. She's not in the other ones. She gets replaced. And Jack and Jill, which I only put Jack and Jill in there because he has yet another chance for me to tell you to go watch the Al Pacino Dunkin' Donuts commercial that they do at the end of this movie. I love that. I love that. Hey, Field? Yeah. Burn this. <laughs> I, I love that. Don Cacino. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Nick Stahl as Gavin Strick. He's in Terminator 3. Uh, what's the subtitle for Terminator 3? Rise of the Machines. Right, okay. In the Bedroom, which is a really good film. I recommend a big time uh, directed by Todd Field, who also did the more recent movie with Kate Blanchett, which I'm blanking on the name of it already. Tar. Uh, so I definitely go check out in the bedroom. I uh, also was in the TV show Carnival, which I used to watch. Did you not watch Carnival? It was the HBO show about the traveling carnival. No, I never watched it's that. Actually, I know that's like how we got big. It's really good. It's a good movie. In the bedroom kind of put his name on the map a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then Carnival was after that. You said good movie. It's a TV show. Excuse me. TV okay. show. I apologize. Is yes. he not also in Deadwood? Am I just conflating Carnival and Deadwood in terms of he what might he's be in? because okay. uh, yeah I don't know he's not okay. he's in the TV show Let the Right One In the the reboot of the TV of the movie or oh whatever. is he yeah How did yeah he's in that uh, Bruce Greenwood as Doctor Edgar Caldicott from the Star Trek series he's also in Thirteen Days the Resident TV show and Super Eight uh, Catherine Isabel as Lindsay Clark from Bad Times at El Royale she's also in the Ginger Snap series for horror fans out there and the TV series The Order. William Sadler as Dorian Newsberry, who's from the, obviously he's Death and Bill and Ted. <laughs> Shawshank Redemption, Die Hard 2, and The Mist. AJ Buckley as Chug Morgan. That's the kid that's going after Rachel in this movie. Oh, Chug. I know. He's in, he's in a TV show, CSI in New York, SEAL Team, and Fire Country. Derek Hamilton as Trent Whalen. I don't know if he's related to Pat Whalen, our friend of yet another MC <laughs> podcast. He is in Life on the Line and The Shack. And he had a, he had a these are just like, Lorna, the girl in the movie that bangs her head in the glass, is played by Crystal Cass. She does nothing after this. She retired from acting. UV, the the uh, Nick Stiles character's friend, the Gavin Strick's friend, who is uh, albino. Uh, he's played by Chad Donella. He's in Shattered Glass and Final Destination. I don't believe he is uh, albino, albino in real life. No. Uh, so I'm sure he's canceled now. Tobias Mailer <laughs> as Andy Efkin from Carrie. He plays, he's in Carrie, and the movie Carrie, the remake, and the TV show Young Blades. He's the kid in the beginning of the movie breaks that girl's neck yep yep, yep. yep. you turn on to remember and then ethan Embry is in this briefly oh yeah as, as the older brother i was really disappointed because i love ethan Embry, and i was like well if it's a 90 something it's got to have ethan Embry in it and then he's only in like five minutes i think that has a cut. lot to do yeah exactly <laughs> i think it has a lot to do with the cut so he's just he's in sweet home alabama and can't hardly wait okay and freaky links and freaky links I yes love freaky links. butler's a big fan of freaky links <laughs> which is not a great show but it's okay i respect you for liking it all right, Butler, why don't you just tell me what you feel about this movie? Because I already know you hate it. It's terrible. Oh, it's bad. On, it's terrible? really, it's really, really bad. Oh. It's it's oh. really bad. Oh, come on. <laughs> I watched this with Elise because she was like, oh, it's James Wise and Katie Holmes. I'm like, it's super, it looks super 90s. Yes. And she's like, can I go upstairs now? This is bad. And I was like, no, I have to watch this. You started watching it. We're watching this. This well, movie she's is. She's technically on, on the show. She didn't have to watch it. <laughs> this movie is really, really poorly executed in almost every way 
I, I, we could go whichever way you want to go with it. I was just going to read the, the big best giant part of note the movie, I have here about the, like, what happens. The best part of the movie is the X-Files references, all the X-Files people that get stuck in here and flagpole Sita plays for all of 30 seconds. And the fly song in the beginning. That's a good song as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, that's, that's, there are other things in the movie that are okay. First of all, we're now going to say Razor all the time. I don't know why you don't, you're not going to get on that, that board. True. That is you're true. Train that it's Razor. This movie is not Razor, though. That's the thing. Well, this movie. <laughs> <sighs> I don't even think a longer cut would save this movie. That's well, the thing. no, here's the thing. The thing that saves I this need movie to see is it. after the four minute long opening credit sequence, which is horribly boring and just overdone. It wasn't four minutes long. It's, it's three and a half minutes. You did not time it. I did. You did not. I no, did. I looked at the timestamp afterwards. I absolutely not. did it. It's in my notes. And the credits, it's got to be in the 70 minute range, which is something that David Nutter said, which I like that note in the final screen, which we'll get into like all the different test screenings they did. We were like, well, no one walked out. And he was like, they only had 70 minutes. They didn't have time to walk out. Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> so this movie is obviously plagued by studio interference. Um, you know, it's not it. There's an original director's cut out there of 115 minutes that is supposedly out there, but nobody knows, you know, where it is. Right. Uh, they put the deleted scenes online. Uh, it's so on the you, DVD as you, well. Yeah, and right. somebody did a fan cut where they put in the deleted scenes. But you know, who wants to watch that piece of crap? Come on. <laughs> so, um, so there is that stuff out there. I did watch the alternate ending uh, with Gavin. What happens to Gavin? Which I didn't mind. It was fine. Uh, where they're on, he's on the ferry. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't like him coming back to begin with. But yeah. in general, yeah. Okay. I prefer I prefer the teacher than the the ferry. The, Although the teacher denotes that he's been now like eight nine years later, because he'll have to oh, go to school. Right. You stuff. mean you mean you're talking about the ending with the I ending you meant, that we have? Yeah. I thought you meant oh the ferry ending Caldecott like, no. when he go. No 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 that the the ending that they wrote in there was a forced ending that they had they told Nutter to do. Because they were like, what happened to all the people? Yeah. Like, what happened to Gavin? I'm just wondering what happened to Gavin. I don't know if they sounded like that, Butler. That's exactly what right. they sounded like. The look, look. <laughs> so clearly there is, um, like Nutter was going to release the, the director's, director's cut. cut. And MGM said no. They told him no. He asked, he's, he's asked repeatedly to put it out and they say no. So maybe at some point we'll get it. I don't know. I think... If we do get it, I almost feel like we need to do another episode to do that that version so that we can compare the two. I'm I, I'm not saying I'm saying that I like this film for a variety of reasons. I, I'm not saying I like this film. I'm saying that <laughs> I don't hate this film like you do. For I a think you are stricken by the nineties of Yes, it. yes. What is wrong with that? There are so many of the nineties things that we've done that are out there that you can watch. There's so many of the dimension films. This is why can't this you just celebrate trash? Seems more cursed than cursed. I just can't. I just. Well, look, I look, just can't. well, get your nose out of the air and then come down to earth. Uh, trash. You can't. You, I don't you, go into a garbage can. Go. Oh, it smells why so can't you good. Celebrate I can just trash. I can film. appreciate. Why can't you two days celebrate ago's dinner? Katie Holmes going that's razor dancing on the back of a of a flatbed for no reason. I uh, said, so, well, we can get into Katie Holmes. She appears with like, damn, old school like Katie Holmes. And then she acted, and I was like, oh yeah, that's why you don't see her in a lot of stuff. Oh, she's not bad. I don't think Katie Holmes is very strong. Uh, I disagree. But then some of her lines, as she starts saying more lines, I go, oh, well, you know, the writing's not helping. I don't think I don't listen. I'm not, I mean, I don't think it's fair for us to judge an actress's performances. But if you want to go there, brother, because you're an actor, you don't want me to judge your performances. But you never give me notes. <laughs> it's fine. Um, <laughs> I got no notes. That's ah, worse than notes. I think that I think that it. Sh- she probably is she is she the best actress ever? No, but I've seen far worse, and she does probably need 
and this is an early point in her career because Dawson's Creek was this is during Dawson's yeah, Creek. Yeah. So she's learning how to act, I think, um, during this film, during throughout this time. I will say her monologue we talk about when we do the episode Go, her monologue at the end of Go is right. really well done. I think that she is she, like I said, she's learning on the job. So you're you're kind of seeing that. And I think you're right. I think she needs better writing. I think she probably need I, I, I probably again, it's tough for me to because this isn't David Nutter's version, so I don't want to throw it at the feet of David Nutter. This is obviously, you know, a cut up version. So we're, I guarantee you we're missing stuff with the older brother. Oh, you know there I mean? are. Oh, you want to get into scenes I think we're missing. No, no, no. There I, are shots I'm just, where I'm just like, where are we now? Okay. I don't want to just, I just don't want you to start throwing darts at this thing willy nilly. Let's, no, let's go, build let's, up let's to go, it. Go. You want to get into stuff. Go talk. A, go talk. That's what I said. We'll go where we you want to go. I'm just saying that. We can't. I understand it's trouble. We can't be judgmental of things in this movie because we already know going in that stuff was hacked up. So, but there are still things in this hacked up movie that I'm like, I don't know if anything can make it better. I don't know if, I don't know if there's a good movie in here to begin with. I understand that David Nutter would want to put his scenes in there that he might wanted make to take his name off weird. this film. I saw that, and then he decided not to. He shoulda. Well, I mean, you do that so you can keep working. Yeah, I mean, I mean he said he's still had a career. He's He's doing great in TV. He's directed some of the biggest episodes of Game of Thrones. But he hasn't done a lot of movies. So Maybe he doesn't want to anymore. Well, true. And also, this is very true. I'm sure that HBO money is pretty good for movie oh. game, shows like Game of Thrones. Well, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, why don't we start off with, give me something that I guess I can't talk my way out of in terms of you can't throw that at the feet. You can't say, oh, maybe there's a version uh, that explains this. Yeah, see? Yeah, yeah. You're all coming in all hot. All right. Well, one of the things that I always say I don't like, and this is this is both a like and a dislike, is Nick Stahl is the best part of this movie. Okay. Gavin is the best part. But even Gavin has moments, again, where he talks like teenagers don't talk, where he exposes and expounds in a way that's like, oh. Every high school has their own William Shakespeare, who is a savant at the the written word and then the spoken language. And it's just like with a D average or a C average. Well, how about this? Let's compare his character to Josh Hartnett's character in The Faculty. Because they're essentially almost the same character. Yeah. Yeah. So what is he doing different or the same or what? Compare those because those are the same character. Uh. I have the same problem with the faculty. I just <laughs> the faculty is overall a better film, but no, they are very, now that you're saying that they are the same character. I do like also that after seeing Terminator Three: Rise of the Machines, you're like, who's this guy? Why can't they get the original John Connor? This kind of slacker pothead Gavin reminds me of like, all right, so this is what Nick Stahl would have been like as a young John Connor. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like seeing that, uh, but I do overall like him. But that kind of dialogue, I just don't think works for me. I just don't really appreciate it. The other thing that that I don't know if you can talk your way out of the motorheads. Our school has a motorhead. It's all about cars and things. Right. I, but maybe things were different in 1999. How many kids had cars that were like all about like modding them and stuff in your school? Like that's not a subset in most schools. Like maybe sure. in the 50s. Well, this is in Greece. Who well, wrote the motorhead? Two things. Heads? One, one, two things. One, I went to an all boys school, so that wasn't. We were all wearing ties. It was a Catholic boys school. No one was doing that. And two, <laughs> two. This scene, that scene you're talking about where they're talking about everyone, it's like 
almost like, isn't that from Clueless? Like, isn't that, didn't it's, we already do this scene? Uh, I was talking about that with Elise when I was watching it. It's in Clueless, it's in Mean Girls, and yes. it's in Is it in 10 Things else. I Hate About You? Yes, 10 Things I Hate About You is yeah. the three so things like, you pointed out. I'm sitting there going, why? It's so stereotypical, so overdone. It's just like, come on. Yeah. It, but like the Motorheads just were like, this is Greece. There's no motor motorheads ring. anymore. Yeah. They should have been singing that song. Cars don't cost 20 bucks anymore. No, there's no <laughs> motorheads. I didn't. So, let's stay on that subject. Let's stay on the motorhead subject. Cause I can't remember. What was the name of the kid that they, they, they first turned into I, the blue. I don't remember I his name. Like blue, but, yeah, blue, blue ribbon. Blue ribbon. I don't remember his okay. name. But the yeah. guy who loved his car. He was into cars. And yeah. then they're like smashing his car. It's like, what, what's wrong with the car? He's smashing his the, own car. Uh, yeah. But the car is not like. The car represents the being, car was a nice car being obsessed with motorhead stuff and and being obsessed with, you know, automobiles. You need to be obsessed with stocks and bonds and the football team and the sock hop and the malt shop. You need to be a, a kid from Greece. And these parents have no problem it, with that for some reason. It would have been nice. I, I would have been nice to have some kind of background a little bit on what exactly was the end game for the blue ribbons like beyond high school? Do you know what I mean? Like, I think it was probably to put them in positions of power. Well, that's the thing. teachers but, to get, but here's the thing. Them. That's, I mean, you kind of get that sense because they go visit the, uh, asylum, the mental hospital. Yeah. Butler. Uh, they call it the asylum. <laughs> they do. The name of the place is asylum. Arkham asylum. They go to visit Arkham <laughs> asylum and they go, which we'll get into because, <laughs> Cause so they go visit there and then you kind of see like he's done this already with his own daughter and he's like oh she was a mistake and he's just like she sucks like she, yeah, she was, wasn't he's like she crapping wasn't all over her daughter. to begin with right so I, I just would I, I I want a little more there obviously um but let's while we're on the asylum or Arkham Asylum <laughs> when they first get there I'm like wow is this place deserted and then I'm like wait a minute there's people here and then like <laughs> there's people working here and I'm like. What is going on? It's, like, the most, God. it's the most empty mental hospital you've ever and there's seen. Like a, one guard and one nurse. One guard. You no, know, there's two nurses. I there was two. Where they're just letting people floss till their mouth are bleeding all over the but, place. And there's they're just all walking, all, open. All, all, yep. walking everywhere. And then I'm pretty sure that they walked past rooms that were locked. And then those people still showed up when they were in the room when they were oh, with the daughter. They? I know there's the one guy sort of bashing his head against yeah. the door. It was just, it was really all over the place. That scene, I'm just like, I don't know what's happening. And then here. they run out like they've been caught, but you don't see them being caught, which maybe is a cut scene, but they play flagpole sitting for all 30 seconds. We're like, we got to get out of here. There's only two people that work there. You're good. The guard didn't even <laughs> seem too agitated. He was yeah. like, uh, let me all, just get All up. 40 of the patients went up to the window and were like, what's going on in there? And the guard was like, you know what? <laughs> Uh, uh, kids, there's kids running around. You know, we get these kids all the time. What was the name of the town again? I forgot. I don't even remember. I love the name of Cradle Bay, though. It just, it's just, it's like, Cradle it just, Bay is a real movie town. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a, that's a, that's a Twin Peaks type name. Yeah. <laughs> Going to Cradle Bay. <laughs> you like Nick Stahl's character. You like Gavin. I do. I don't want to be completely naive. I do like Gavin. I was already tired of UV. Uh, as soon as you met him, when he UV sits, is a stereotypical. You gotta have the stoner friend from the nineties in a horror but movie. But like he sits down, and he's like super close to Steve. It's like, dude, back off! Like you're way too close. <laughs> <laughs> he reminded me of a lot of like Seth Green's roles in the nineties, like, oh, like Idle Hands. Like, yeah, <laughs> just like oh, they couldn't get Seth Green. <laughs> I yeah, I was just already tired. But in the cutscene, he UV actually shoots Gavin. UV is the one that he has the gun at the end. Oh, he, he has the gun because I was so mad watching it going. Why is the gun not reappeared? Yeah. Do you not care that you set up a device and you're not coming back to it? Yeah. 
when uh, Steve got kidnapped, I'm like, he's going to use the gun on him. Oh, nope. He's still in the scalpel. He doesn't have the gun. <laughs> <It's> just, <all laughs> right. And I didn't get the, what exactly was going to go in the eye? Like, was it going to go through the eye? It was a I, brand. It was a, that's the thing. It was, it looked like a brand, but when they're, it looked like a micro, like a Terminator eye thing when the people freaked out whenever they had their moments of horniness. Whenever uh, they, whenever the kids are, yeah, sexually aroused, sexually aroused, they get, uh, they, 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 they start, lose, they, they start get, losing, they go, they go violent. Yeah, they they, they don't go snap back into it. They get violent or overly sick. They go too far above where <laughs> yeah. they were. Yeah. So if they get annoyed, cause when Chug beats up the grocery store, he's, he's annoyed as well. Well, he gets, yeah, he just, he, he lets yeah. out his rage on somebody yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I yeah when uh, uh, Flora Florna no Lorna when Lorna like just takes over top. Oh and, yeah, and I'm just like I guess I know why this is R. <laughs> and, and I'm just like, what is what, what? And then she just starts banging her head. I'm like, oh my god, uh, what is going on? Good girls don't do the code. Yeah, and then yeah. he's just watching it. Like maybe take her away from the. See, that's, the mirror? that's interesting enough for me to like. I want to. I wanted to know more. I just kind of like. I mean, maybe it felt more like an X Files episode. It, 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 I want to bring that up. It's an episode. It's a TV show episode. The thing that I don't think even a full cut can fix is the fact that it feels like a TV show episode and looks and sounds like an episode. Mm-hmm. Mark Snow is, you know, I love his songs for the X-Files. That's a TV show score. The lighting is a oh, TV the, show the, lighting. The, the, the dun, 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 that yeah. stuff, yeah. It's just, and the do, 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 mm-hmm. do, the tinkles are like, as, as the uh, students are pouring into the house, this is like, this looks like a TV show. It's lit like a TV show. When they're in the vent watching the the little discussion in the pews of the, uh, <laughs> that's the big, cafeteria. Or that's whatever, a, the number one, that's a Bailey big vent, but yes. Yeah. It's just the, the way it's lit. I'm, I actually said out loud, I'm like, this is a TV show. This is, we're watching the pilot episode of a TV show about experiments going on in high school. Mm-hmm. I would watch that show, mm-hmm. but this is, this is not, or it needs to be a 45 minute Mulder and Scully are investigating the school where this is happening. Right. And maybe that's where the idea originated. I don't know. But that's what this that's what this movie is and what it looks like, sounds like and is scored like. Well, and lit like we, we talked you talked about people from the X-Files being on this. Howard Gordon, who uh, wrote a lot of X-Files episodes, he also did 24 and Homeland, uh, does an uncredited writer on this film. So he probably brought was brought on by Nutter to beef up the script or whatever. Right. Maybe that's where you're getting those notes. But give me some other people that you noticed were from the X-Files. Dwayne Barry is the sheriff mm-hmm. uh, going around arresting kids for no reason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Covering up murders, which we never really get the fact that he's in league with Bruce Greenwood's character. They never, they never set together. that up. Yep. yep. Uh, and then his partner at the beginning who yep. gets murdered is William Spender? Agent Spender, yep. Yeah, yeah. Agent William Spender, right? I don't know if it's William. William. Is it William? I know I that remember. his father is William. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the cigarette smoking man's son. son. Mulder's half-brother. Yep. Uh, yep. So I was like, oh, God! Spoiler. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. I thought that was really cool seeing the two of them. I was like, oh, man, this is an X-Files movie. That's like uh, Final Destination had those uh, James Wong and Glenn Morgan who were from the X-Files. Yes. I remember that's why that's the whole reason why I watched Final Destination. I was like, oh, these guys did X-Files. Yeah. And then they left. They came back for the third one, which the third one was fine, too, yeah. with, with the with the roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, no, no. So, uh, yeah, I definitely support whenever I see X-Files people. So I'm always like, oh, interesting. I want to see what they're doing. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. Just because I love that show is fantastic. Uh, did you notice that we had a crossover here of um, editors? Now I didn't bring him. I didn't bring his name up. Randy John Morgan was the original editor, but he they kind of had somebody else come in to re-edit the film for the other re- right. Cuts, yeah, and it was George Volsey Jr. Do you remember? 
where he was from? No. It's our first forgotten horror this year, American Werewolf in London. Oh, uh, was he? So he was, um, I think he was like in charge of editing services at MGM or whatever. And he came in and he recut the film. Like they basically took the film away from David Nutter. Just kind of like, like recut yeah. it. Yeah. Let me, we kept talking about it. I have a huge note that I, I copied and pasted because I was like, I was not writing this down. I think it's probably the same note that I'm looking at right, right. now. So <sighs> I'll, let me get through it and then we can kind of, you can cut me off wherever you want to cut me off. They shot in March of 98. Finished in early May. That's what this note says, which is already wrong, I think, because the note I had was that they started in January and shot until March. March to May is like crazy quick. Right. So um, he did. He completed the edit. He did the 115 minute edit. That's David Nutter did that in seven weeks. They showed it uh, at the studio to at then time MGM president Michael Nathanson, and they loved it. Everyone loved it. They had a test screening on the 15th of May in Plano, Texas, were over 300 people, and they were all like ages 15 to 24. That's what they had there. The film's target audience, 15 to 24, is radar film. But all right, okay, 15 to 24, yep. we got gotcha. And it was a good enough response. But Nathanson and some other execs were worried because one of the complaints in but from the from that test screening was that some of the parts of films, like there was a sex scene between Steve and Rachel. And the original ending that we talked about where Gavin dies, like they didn't know, uh, they, they didn't like him. They were like worried about him. Like, oh my God, my kids are going to like that kind of thing. Well, no, Which, well, that, why would it be kids? If it's 15 to 24 year olds, why wouldn't they like Maybe boobs, they were blue ribbons. Boobs walk into the scene. I why don't, were you going, listen guys, I didn't like the breasts. Yeah. Like what 15 to 24 year old did they actually have in here? So a they, bunch of plants. Right. So they ordered Nutter to cut the recut the film and he cut it down to 95 minutes. Two weeks later, did another test screening at Westlake Village. And I guess that went well again. But MGM took the movie away from Nutter at that point and ordered uh to, for in order to film another ending in which Gavin is shown to be alive and he's a high school to which he's a school teacher, which I hate. I hate that fucking I hate excuse me. I hate that. Uh, it's whatever. I know. But like, so they, so someone else shot that, not another. I apologize. I said another before. So let's see. Movies also recut with the help. I said that with the help of George Folsey Jr., who was MGM's vice president of production editing. You're a, you're a VP of editing and you need to fix this film for us. Like, that's not my job. All right. <laughs> so you got to go down there and do that. So he cut down and, and deleted a lot of Steve's flashbacks with. His uh, his, with with Ethan Embry's exactly. character, there was more exposition and character scenes that cut out, more plot parts that cut out. Scenes between the teens and their parents were also cut because MGM ordered those scenes with adults to be cut out of the film to make it more interesting for their target audience. The same target audience apparently that told them that they didn't like the sex scenes and exactly, stuff. yeah. So your target audience doesn't know what they want, right? And also, you need the adults because you need to figure out why these parents are allowing it, why they. It makes no sense. Well, what kills me is their target audience, which they thought were young teenagers. Okay, fine. Your 84 minute cut is still rated R. It's yep. still rated R in June. So in that, so after that, they did two more test screenings in uh, Fallbrook in San Diego County. Different responses. Lots of complaints. Were, they didn't like the new ending that he was alive. Um, that I wanted to remove, wanted to remove his name from the film because the studio obviously interfered and recut it, but they changed any changes mind. They did a fourth test screening and Butler brought this point up where he says it was 72 minutes long. And Folsey uh, was the one trying to encourage him. I said, what, who had time? You know, he said like, nobody walked nope, out. Nobody walked and out. No, we not said who had time. Who had time to walk out. Exactly. 72 minutes. So they did a fifth test screening <laughs> in Fallbrook in, in that July for 400 people, 11 days before the film opened. This is when they did another test screening. And, they did more editing. Exactly. <laughs> so, but I guess I got good enough response. Um, and, and so they released it 
we talked about another wanted to do a Dexter's cut. They said no. Um, the so DVD is 103 exactly. minutes long. Yes. 11 deleted scenes, including the original ending, yep. which still sucks. Yeah. It's so it's just, as you can tell, it's just a big mess. It's a big, big mess. I think that this is the kind of movie that nowadays the studio like Warner Brothers would would not release it and collect the tax money on it. <laughs> that's what that's what this movie is. <laughs> well, I think I th- we need to see we need to see the original version. Do we though? Yes, I we do. We do, better. Butler. We do. We do need to see the original version. Why do you hate on trash <laughs> films? Give me a film that let me give me a film that I, again, I'm not going to bat for this film. I'm just not crapping on it as much as you are. But give me a film that it has the same level of trash that you know is bad that you love. Oh, I like a lot of trash. Okay. Films. Yeah. But then you lambast me for those. No. If you don't like a trashy film, it's just you don't like it. You have those moments too. You don't want to do Blank Man. I love Blank Man. That's a trashy film. Okay, fine. But you would, you like you say, you would trash all over that if we did it. Yeah. There's just when, if it's a, some films that are trashy, so that's the film you're hit you about. and make you like, yeah, I think like, I, you know, it's, it's not the most well-made film, but I enjoy parts. Is Blank Man appropriate I like. though? I don't know. I didn't see it. Is it appropriate for time. now? I don't think it's bad for now. I don't think there's anything. I mean, Chug says the R word a couple of times here, but I mean, he's he a bad does. guy. So it's, you know, it's whatever. It's Listen, his thing. I just love that Chug dies when he's grabbing a soda. I'm just like, uh, is he dead? Going out the way I'm he came su- in. I'm he gets brain. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm surprised they killed them all. I was really surprised that they killed them all. Because they're all kids? No, I just. Because I love that. I think that's, for, that's another thing I really liked. I was just, for, for some reason i was i don't know why i thought this but i thought maybe like they were gonna they should, that that stuff the the rat the catcher rat thing song. whatever it is <laughs> that uh william sadler's character does Newberry. which who is william sadler's character we don't we won't go over it yeah i know they don't they don't really mention that um i thought that that just uh kind of cocks out the implant brings them back and they come back to normal I totally mm. forgot that they actually died. Oh, yeah. They kill a quarter of that school. <laughs> yeah. Steven's going to be wanted for murder. They don't never go oh, back to well, real I, life. When he, <laughs> uh, when he, well, he won't be wanted. If they find out what he did to Colicott, he will be wanted. Because he, <laughs> he, I'm like, my note is, uh, Steve, you just murdered a guy. <laughs> it's, it's just like the end. That's another thing is like, I love that the kids all die at the same time. It's so stupid. It's hilarious. Like, wee, like lemmings going off the thing. That's right. But it looks so bad, especially when Bruce Greenwood's character is get, gets thrown off the ledge and he's doing the uh, with the hands. Yeah. It, the special fact, I'm like, this is 1998. This is like we're one year away from the Matrix. That special effect is garbage. Because well, again, it's a $15 it's million a t- dollar movie. It's a TV show. It's yeah. Episode. yeah. Go back to the mental hospital. Um, <laughs> Do we have to? Well, <laughs> how about the thought process of the idea like they just straight up punch the mentally ill when they're running out oh yeah i'm like cold clock what her? message are we sending here like just you gotta be quiet you gotta be bam. yeah <laughs> like that part and then the part when they put steven in the chair to put the implant and the doctor just punches them like ordered like the nerd i saw yeah he just i was like get out of here we don't do any anesthesia we just knock these people knock out them right out and I swear to God, I did not know that that whole, when he escapes, that's a total recall homage. That has to be. Because he escapes with the giant with uh, the thing spike on spike. it. Yeah. And he, he they don't show it. I noticed like it shows a spike and then it. it goes away. But yeah. it's got blood all over it. So he obviously used it at some point. So that's straight from Total oh, Recall. Does it have blood on it? Yeah, I but I don't think that. I don't think we saw that. I think they cut that out. But that's straight from Total Recall. I mean, we see him shank the first guy with the scalpel. Yes. Yeah. And then when he hits, when he cold clocks 
the scientists coming in with the sunglasses in Rachel's room. It's so corny. <laughs> it's so it's just like a hand pops out. It's like dunk. <laughs> and the scientist goes, okay, fall down now. <laughs> it's just like, oh man. Yeah. So cheesy. And and obviously, like, I love <sighs> I mean, I, you knew that even if you didn't know anything about the movie, you knew that eventually Steven's parents were going to sign him up for the program. You knew that was going to happen. But I love the fact that when they're outside and oh, all they're the beating the and, crap and, and the parents don't come out. Yeah, at all, they're just like, okay he's like, oh, it's all part of the process. I'm like, you don't you're not concerned. I had the same note. Like, are you not doing anything? And this guy just grabbed your daughter. By yeah. The way. He grabs her and pulls her back in. Pulls her back in the house. Get yeah. your hands off my kid. Yeah, they were like, so, so weak. They're so stupid. Yeah. Yeah, no. no wonder your no wonder your oldest son killed himself. Whoa! Why would he want to be part of that whoa. family? I'm not. I'm not going down that road. <laughs> Poor Ethan Embry with his two lines of dialogue. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'll give you some. Uh, I'll give you no. I don't have a lot of reviews. I'll give you one review. <laughs> Um, because I know you, I, I kind of sense that you hated it. So I, I got a review. That's a good one. Uh, Lisa Schwartz, <laughs> I go the opposite. Lisa Schwartzbaum wrote, she was just when she worked with entertainment weekly. I don't even know if she still works for them, but for all its influences, disturbing behavior establishes a semi real, semi supernatural part mocking part commiserating genre of its own, a state so precarious that those expecting chiller frights or warmer laughs may be disappointed. How's that a positive review? I don't even know what that means. That just makes it seem like this movie, which doesn't know what it wants to be, is neither a horror movie, a comedy movie, a thrill thriller movie, or a romance. I gotta movie. think that she maybe they know going in the the troubles with the film. I mean, they're in the industry; people talk. Uh, Entertainment Weekly usually is tough to get a good grade. Oh, but that's back this. Then, this is right. back when Entertainment Weekly was like you. you know, this they were yeah. like everyone had. That I would magazine. always use Premiere it. Entertainment Weekly. I'd like, always read the Entertainment Weekly reviews. I'd always hate everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they weren't. They weren't really. Not hate everything. Everything got a C or a C plus. So basically, C. you're not recommending this to anybody. No, really. There are so many other '90s like Dimension films, movies. Oh, I'm totally recommending. This Just to watch, watch one of the other ones. Uh, no, I, there's so many better other films. You can't just recommend it. You can watch this; it's terrible. Well, everyone's already gonna watch Scream, and I know what you did last summer. And I still know what you did last summer. They're gonna watch all those films already. There's gonna, Urban Legend. There's gonna be movies that that people don't watch. Like, you, like this is like a we're talking about forgotten cinema here. Like, we could sure. say we can call it forgotten trash. We could say that, but like. Like I understand, you're not gonna. You're not finding your own forgotten gem in this one. I would recommend it. I'd be like, you want to see Joey Porter from Dawson's Creek being like a movie where she's like, you know, like just get attacked by people. Here you go, watch this. (laughs) You want to see her get groped in a basement? Porter is it Porter or Potter? Potter. I don't remember her last name. Man, shame on me. I I watched. I watched the first season. I stopped watching after a while. (laughs) Dumb after that. Um, I yeah, it's. I don't know. I mean. It's trash. It's just it's just fun trash. It's 84 minutes. That's why it felt longer, though. Really? I thought it oh, felt no. long. I was like, this felt like a two hour movie. I mean, I forgot a lot of yeah, you thought this movie had pot people in it. I did. <laughs> That's I did. why our intro. Me- I'm not, I'm uh, not changing it, so I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> we got one episode left. It's too late. <laughs> I don't care. I'm not changing it. So what? Um, yeah, no, I, I forgot. I forgot about the whole stuff with the um, the mental hospital. I forgot about the whole stuff with uh, William Sadler's care. I knew about the rat thing. I knew that a little bit, but I forgot how it ended. Like I forgot that he just drove, drives off the cliff. 
Well, I mean, I mean, there's yeah. no fixing him. You've seen him. You don't like his last line? You don't like it? You, know, you know, like his uh, homage to uh, the song he says, the song lyric, where he's like, "Teacher, leave oh, yeah, kids these kids alone." He drives yeah. off. Yeah, faculty did it better. <laughs> uh, faculty was '97. I think it come. I think it comes out right after this for some Is reason. Is it '98? Let me look it up. Well, Butler's doing that. You can find us. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> the faculty's '98. So what? So was what? Uh, what time? When in ninety eight? I'm looking. I'm looking. It's all the way at the bottom here. December twenty fifth, so the very end. Wow, it was a Christmas film. Yep. It it started. Oh no, this was in production. This is May of ninety six. Nope. Start April thirteenth, nineteen ninety eight. June twenty sixth, nineteen eighty eight. So this came out during the um, disturbing behaviors whole debacle. Cause I know, I know that in the in the night when Screen came out was popular. You just had a slew of these teenage, teenage young adult horror yeah. movies coming, just coming and coming. It was just, it was, it was great. But you had just a slew of them. That's so where all the Dimension film stuff came. Yeah. yeah. So um, the the fact that they just wanted to just churning this stuff out, and so there must have been two scripts going around about this type of you stuff. know kids being you know changed. Yeah, in a school. Yeah. yeah. So that's interesting because they always have that. So that's interesting. Um, I didn't know this faculty was a Christmas movie. No, I mean, that's either. interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Butler. So obviously, you know, we're not going to keep going with this. I guess you don't. Why are we saying? I guess. Why are we saying it's forgotten? Oh, it, faculty, I think, is why this is forgotten. Oh, really? The faculty, like we said, it's almost the same plot. It's a better movie. It's ex- almost exactly the same time. And the faculty is also Dimension Films, right? I this isn't Dimension. This is um. this is this was New Line and MGM bought it. Okay. So, um, but the faculty is, I believe, the faculty dimension. is dimension yep. films. Yep. Just like I think that it only made eleven million this opening weekend. Put the faculty. Yeah. Ended up making more afterward. On DVD. That's not. Uh, it made a total of forty million on a fifteen million dollar budget. It had the same budget as uh, Disturbing Behavior. Yeah. And it looks better in the. Well, you had Robert Rodriguez doing it, <laughs> and you had Kevin Williamson with the script. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think that's why. I think that the faculty comes out. It's almost the exact same storyline. Disturbing behavior comes out, kind of sputters. Uh, it, by the time it comes out in video, things didn't come out on video like two days later back then. So you're probably looking at a close to Christmas release, probably November release for the the DVD and VHS for this movie. And it's just going to get killed by the faculty coming out. So you think because the faculty's in theaters? I don't. Yeah, I don't think the fact that this movie is not very good has anything to do with how much money it made. Like you said, these teenage horror movies usually make money, if not in the initial release, in the video release. And I think the fact that the faculty just kind of ate that um, kind of release period probably is why it's forgotten. So this film came out on... Nope, it doesn't even have it. doesn't even have it. I was trying to look when they released the DVD. doesn't even give me that information gives me information in terms of like the re-releases and the reprints and the blu-rays and all that stuff but not the original release so interesting okay yeah maybe maybe that's true why do you think it's forgotten oh obviously because it's not as good as the other stuff i think you're right um i think because people like you keep bad mouthing it <laughs> i didn't know how to bad mouth it till no right i didn't i never thought this was forgotten i always remember this movie i always like i said i always remember the experience of watching it and i know there's a couple of people that i've talked with you about it who are like yeah i love that film so i think it's i think because it's, i bet i know who loves this who, who, who go ahead john Dillon. yeah yeah yep john 
It's for you, John. Uh, you should. John, John has a podcast called You Can't Sit With Us. I don't know if they've done any episodes in a while, but um, I know they're far apart now. Well, yeah, but that doesn't mean they can't do episodes. Zoom. So, yeah. So, but check it out. You Can't Sit With Us. I like it. Um, but anyways, uh, it, so I, I, you know, I think that I've not just John, but other people, I've had conversations with people about disturbing behavior, maybe because of people my age. And we, we, that's, we watched you that don't movie. remember the movie. You think it had pod people. You don't even remember. Oh, that I'm sorry. Are there any movies I've watched, Butler? <laughs> Some these things bleed it's together. To your brain. Feels. That's why I'm rewatching it. I'm rewatching it. And I figured it out. Um, but yeah, it's it's probably forgotten because it's not great. People forget about it. People watch the faculty. People watch Scream, and I know what you did last summer. All the movies we talked about. They're not gonna. This is a movie that you wouldn't pick up on. Do you think Urban Legends is forgotten? Uh, I don't know as many people who like Urban Legend. Urban Legend is one of those films that I think ha- doesn't crossover like you know how like horror films are like scream it's sure. a horror film but scream also crossed over into mainstream sure it was so taking the piss right. out of itself as well i don't think that urban legend has ma- made that crossover to mainstream as much it was more of a horror because i don't yes and i don't know a lot of people that like people that wouldn't normally see horror films talk to me about urban legend right. when i have conversations with people about urban legends it's people who watch films and people who love horror films. Um, so yeah, so maybe in terms of mainstream, because I know what you did last summer was another mainstream one that kind sure. of crossed over. Um, I think because of its stars and because of yeah. its, you know, it just it was hot off of Scream and stuff like that. Faculty, I think, is like that too, because of Ken Williamson, because Ken Williamson was uh from Don, uh from uh Dawson's Creek and all that, right? Yeah, Dawson's mm-hmm. Creek and all that stuff. So yeah, but um it, yeah, you could make a case that it's forgotten in terms of just regular. Put it on the list, Butler. Sure. Uh so uh but yeah, so that's that's my long-winded my long-winded statement about this trip. Nice. It's trash. I know it's trash, but I like it. And don't listen to Butler. You should still check it out. You know what else you should check out? Where you can find us. <laughs> you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and <gasps> YouTube. That's right, we're on YouTube now. You're seeing us, you're seeing me right now. Tell you to like, hit that like button smash that like button is what they like to say but i hate when people say that on youtube uh and and subscribe to us it really helps the channel grow and uh get out to more people so we can make more episodes maybe later smashing because uh the algorithm tells you not to to smash instead of to tap that like I, button. everyone just says smash that like button. Gotcha. i hate it right. i hate it so we usually come out every wednesday uh, so that's obviously, you know, we stick, we, st- our old podcast episodes came out every Wednesday. So we stuck with that this, this year, but we actually have an extra bonus episode this season for forgotten horror. Uh, it'll be out on Halloween. So, you know, you'll get to see, you know, uh, before you go trick or treating, you can listen to this movie that we're doing. And actually we're going to be doing a sequel, uh, which is, we think it's the first sequel we've done. We've done a couple of sequels, but not many. Ha- have we? Oh, we did, um, the two Jakes. Yep. And I can't think of anything else. Off the top of my head, no. But I'm sure we've done more sequels. Technically, Zorro is a sequel. We did the first one, though. <laughs> well, that's it. It takes place after the original classic Zorro story. So, oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> All right, so next week we're doing Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. This one does not have Michael Myers in it, so sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, so that is next week. That'll come out on Halloween, so if you want to kind of watch that before we cover it. I'll be great. Uh, Until then, uh, we'll see you then. I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. And this has been Forgotten Cinema. No, wait a minute. Forgotten Horror. Keep it spooky, y'all.